Good morning and welcome to Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospect podcast here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stump. His name is Jerry Krugar. We are excited because this is the last preseason show that we're doing. And there's actually good news to go through. Jared, how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling pretty good, to be perfectly honest with you, Alex. This is exciting. We get, we get minor league baseball for the first time in a year. Um, and that is, to me, what I'm excited most for. Because May 4th, I'll be in the press box at PNG Field and getting to watch the Altoona Curve play uh, for the first time since 2019. So that, to me, is exciting. We've got some rosters to talk about. We've got minor league baseball on the cusp of coming back. It's good to finally be done with the preseason stuff. It felt like this has gone on for way too long. Yeah. I mean, it went on quite literally an extra month than we expected. But we're good now. We have some of the rosters recording. We're recording this before I go to the ball game because we don't want to record, you know, after midnight to have it uploaded a couple hours later. So at the time, right now that we're recording, we know the Altoona Curves roster. We know the Bradenton Marauders roster. As a result, we have a really, really good idea of what Greensboro's roster would be. And Indianapolis was always kind of easy to project because a lot of those guys are at the alternate site. So I would say like a 99% confidence interval. We know where everyone's going to go. But I know you want to talk about Altoona first. That's where you're from. That's what you're going to cover most this year. So let's talk about Altoona because the last time. In 2019, they 2019 they released an opening day roster. They had four players who ranked in the Pirates' top 30 prospects, and none of them were particularly high. I think the highest was Oliva, and Oliva was what 19, depending on who you ask. 19 or 12, I can't remember who had him higher. MLB Pipeline or or Baseball America. But it was a desolate wasteland. And yes, I know Altoona is just one out of the four affiliates. But this year, at the beginning of the year, you're going to be covering 44 players who are on the 40-man roster. So that's a little bit of an improvement right there. No, just a little bit. And, and they've all got intriguing stories because you look at, uh, you look at Chronic, you look at O'Neill Cruz is on that list. You know, that's exciting in itself because we only got a glimpse of O'Neill Cruz in 2019. Uh, when he was in Altoona. So that's going to be cool um, cool to see. You get Rodolfo Castro as well. So, I mean, it's going to be a really cool opportunity for us to see these guys. And you've also got Ronzi Contreras. And, you know, these are some guys that have been um, acquired via trade. You guys that have been um, acquired via international free agency. You've got kind of a taste of everything and, and, and a really good idea of what uh, this new front office wants to do uh, minor league wise. I just like the horn in the background. I think this is the first time either one of us have recorded outdoors. For this. Yes. Yes. I am outside right now uh, enjoying nature um, for the first time in quite some time. So we just got it. I don't blame And you. I think, no, I think it, honestly it, it adds to the character of the show. They get to listen to, you know, I'm, I would be celebrating the return of minor league baseball too. Live in the field in Altoona, Jared Pruger. <laughs> Jared, I, I am. A, you brought up O'Neill Cruz. And whenever I look at Kranick and I look at Contreras, there are two guys that have never pitched above Class A. Yes, they're both on the roster. It makes sense that they start in double A. I, I, I see them going to Indianapolis this year, maybe even Pittsburgh 
at the very end in September. I think that's in the realm of possibility. But right now, yeah, I see them in Altoona to start the year. I see Castro starting the year in Altoona, even though he's already made, you know, a, a quick cameo in the major leagues. You know, got his cup of coffee there. I see that. Cruz surprises me because he only has one option year left after this. And he spent all of last year in Altoona at the alternate site camp. And he was in Altoona for a month and a half at the end of 2019. He really looked like someone I thought was going to be in Indianapolis to start the year. No, and I think that's a really good point because I think we both had planned on him being there. But I think the way that the rosters have shaken out have kind of led him to get more reps at the double A level. Because there are some guys that are at triple A that they don't really want to give up on yet, um, in my opinion. But I also know that uh, we don't know what level to consider what the alternate site was last year, right? So he's still a very, very raw, you know, human being as far as this goes. I mean, he's born in 1998. So, I mean, quick math says he's still very young too. So, you know, this gives him a lot more experience, but it also gives him a chance to play every day. And I really don't think, you know, with the way the roster shook out or is looking to shake out, I should say, um, in Indy, that he would have gotten that chance. And that's something that he needs. He needs to be in the lineup every day. And I do think that once the season gets started and and seeing where he's at, um, at the plate in the field, I think it's going to lead to him to get to AAA um, because I think there are still going to be some dominoes that fall here within the next few days and and, and even a couple of weeks. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But to me, I'm excited to get to see him again. You know, you look at it, a 22-year-old Cruz, you know, this is this, he has the potential to be the next big thing. Now he's just kind of got to put it together, even if it means playing again in double A. I guess this is the thing that's – I don't want to say surprising because the Pirates have always been painfully obvious that they are going to give O'Neill Cruz all the opportunities in the world and then, and then some to, to be a shortstop. I get that. I don't view him as a shortstop. Maybe he'll get a little bit of time in the majors for it, but this guy's future is in the outfield or first base, maybe if they want to keep him in the infield. And I can't help but feel like the Pirates are keeping him in Altoona because they're like Cole Tucker's going to play every day at shortstop and AAA. And Tucker is another guy I just wrote up in my talking point. This is a make or break year for him too. He needs to play every day. But And I don't even blame, you know, okay, we tried Cole Tucker at the outfield. Let's not do that again. Cruz is a different animal in that. Cruz is the guy who's going to be probably an outfielder forever, where Tucker was like, we're going to try him out there. We have a need. He needs playing time. Maybe this will work out. This is different. This is – Cruz is an outfielder playing shortstop right now. He needs to develop there. I think he could get those reps in AAA. No, and I think that's fair. I think that's definitely fair. Um, but I mean, you look at some of the, you look at some of the outfielders here um, in Altoona. You know, you've got Daniel Amaral, Brent Sitta, Jonah Davis, Bly Madris, Kyle Mitchell, Cannon Smith, and Jigba. You know, there's a very good potential that Cruz can get some time in the outfield here too, um, because you know he's six seven. He is sized out of the shortstop position to me. But then again, neither one of us are on the Pirates' payroll. So we aren't qualified to make those types of decisions. Um, But it's just one of those things where, you know, a lot of those other guys that I mentioned are kind of older. 
They're in the 24, 25 year old range. Whereas, you know, Cruz is still very, very young uh, as far as prospects go. And he's still got a lot to grow on that frame as well uh, from a physical standpoint. So, I mean, you know, without knowing Indy's roster, could he play every day in the outfield there? Most likely. Um, but it's one of those situations where the infield there is definitely packed. But if they want to get him in at shortstop and in the outfield, Altoona is the place where he needs to be. Yeah. And I think it's one of you actually listed out that group of outfielders. It's like, that's not a particularly inspiring bunch. Like I know Bly Madrid, you were higher, you were high on him whenever we were talking about our breakout or, you know, underrated prospects of the system. Um, I like what he's done with his swing. I thought he did well out of the Australian league. Let's see what he could do there. I know that the Pirates internally are high on Cal Mitchell, even though I haven't seen a whole lot of reason why so far. This is another guy who I think is kind of in a make or break here. Kanan Smith and Ajigba, I think, is the best out of the bunch right there. But even then, he's, you know, a lottery ticket at this point. So it's like, yeah, I guess you could give him reps there. But in AAA, with Oliver out, who do you have out there? Swaggerty? I don't have to worry about giving Brian Goodwin reps. That's a, Yeah, you're right. And, you know, you look at the infielders. I'm sitting here looking at this Altena Curve roster. And, you know, you look at Juwan Bay. You look at um, Josh Bissonnette. You look at Castro, Cruz. Mason Martin's obviously slotted at first, right? And then you have Ethan mm-hmm. Paul as well. So, I mean, there are a lot of opportunities for – for Cruz too. Um, but you know, it's still an impressive lineup, no matter whether it's Cruz at shortstop Castro at short. Um, so, you know, you're going to be able to kind of manipulate those lineups and, and see really what happens there because Miguel Perez is going to have a lot of options at his disposal to, to put together a lineup that's competitive and, and develops each and every day at the ballpark. And I want to just talk about the pitching a little bit here. Not just because I, I am obviously high on Kranich. I've made that abundantly clear. Contreras really impressed me in spring training. Very small sample size where you actually could see the stuff in person. It's like, okay, that's something. That's something right there. Uh, what got me the most was Cody Bolton being qualified as a reliever. I don't know if that's a misprint. I don't know if that's something that they're doing at the beginning of the year just to limit his innings. But here's a guy who very quietly and unceremoniously might have just been devoted to the bullpen. Right, and, and it might not even be um, a demotion. You know, I, I think this his stuff plays. Um, he's had success uh, for the most part um, in the minors. You know, he's got a 3-3-6 ERA in his career in the minor leagues. So, you know, now he's a guy that we get to see, you know, finally – get that chance and take that step because this is another guy that I think this is an important year for him as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely intriguing to me. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy him. Um, but you know, it's, listen, it's the beginning of the season after a year of not playing competitively. So, you know, stranger things are stranger things are going to happen. And I think that's, you know, it's something that we, that we get to see kind of unfold right in front of our eyes. And I think that's an excellent opportunity for the curve um, to display that because you look, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Contreras as well. This is the first time Pirates fans will will be able to see him and and see him kind of grow and, and see why the Pirates went out and got him and what made him a part of that trade, you know? So that's going to be interesting to see uh, 
from my perspective moving forward. Yeah. And it, it, this goes without saying, there are a lot of pitching prospects in this organization. There are quite literally, and I, I don't mean this, you know, just because it's the, the prospect show and it's like you, you should pay attention to the prospects here on the prospect show. But there are about a dozen pitchers in this organization that I could see like, yeah, that guy could be a major league starter. I thought Bolton was one of them. A little surprised that they're kind of, some of these guys are going to have to go to the bullpen. I'm surprised that he's doing it already. If Again, if this is actually happening, we don't know. Might just be a, be a misprint. Might just be to manage his innings earlier. We'll find out. Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to go to uh, Bradenton and maybe even a little green, Greenspur whenever we come back. And welcome back here to Young Bucks. It's the Prospect Podcast show about the Pittsburgh Pirates. So we did a lot about Altoona, and I think Altoona is going to be a really excited opportunity for Jared to cover this year. I'm looking forward to what he has to write. He's he's clued me on on a couple things that he is excited about writing this year, and they're going to be good. But, Jared, if you want to cover the top prospects in the organization this year, you might have to wait a little bit for them to get promoted to Altoona because they're going to start at Greensboro. And again, this isn't official yet. We don't have official rosters yet, but it's hard to imagine any way where like Pagaro, Nick Gonzalez, Quinn Priester, they, they aren't in Greensboro because they're not in Altoona and they're not in Bradenton. <laughs> that has to be it then. No, you're absolutely right. There's nowhere else for them to go because I don't think that the alternate site gets you to go from class A or to not even playing professional baseball to triple A. So, you know, Greensboro, we, we had always talked uh, throughout this podcast about Greensboro being one of the more intriguing places to catch a game and to see the team because of the guys that they potentially had, right? You know, you look at guys like Gonzalez and, and Figueroa and, and Priester and seeing what they've got and, and getting to see them play. Because it's like, like we said, I mean, we haven't seen them play. So we don't know how development went at the, at this alternate site last year. Um, but, you know, it, it's an excellent opportunity to, to see Gonzalez in action and see these guys, you know, really get, get after it in Greensboro. And I think that's going to be the, you know, you look at it as impressive as the curve roster is, you know, but the future is in Greensboro right now with, with what the Pirates, I think, want to do um, in the near future, looking at, towards 2023, 2024 as the, as the year, as their year. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it really does line up well in that regard that, you know, these guys, I, I, you'll see Gonzalez and Pagaro in Altoona. So at the end of the year, you'll, you might see a priest, I don't want to say probably, probably whatever, like just it's, it's in the realm of possibility that they do that. And then they like, keep him in Altoona for most of 2022, bring him up to Indianapolis for a little bit. And then he gets promoted mid-season 2023. Like, I think that's a, a very real possibility. I don't want to put that expectation on it yet, but that's just out there. But this is the spot this year, because at the end of, towards the end of this year, whenever those guys graduate, you know, who's coming in Eddie Yeen, <laughs> Nick Garcia, Brennan Malone, Hudson Head, maybe. Those guys are going to start in Bradenton. And 
there's always going to be a little bit whenever it comes to the a ball teams there's going to be a little bit of a what's going to happen to them because of missing last year and there being no black bears and yeah the black bears are short season it's mostly college players who go there but some of these guys might have gone out there you know just gone to extended spring training or something but there's a lot of talent there too and with the exception of like indianapolis right now which is probably the most of the Huntington era prospects who are still around, who are still qualified as prospects. That's by far the weakest out of the four, I, I would say, talent-wise. No, absolutely. I mean, we know what most of those guys have, and there's a reason why they're in AAA and not in the majors, right? You know, that's – but, you know, you look at Greensboro and you look at Bradenton, and, and those rosters to me are, are super intriguing. I mean, we talk about Hudson Head, um, you know – the, one of the big factors in the Joe Musgrove trade, you know, that's a guy they, they highly sought after, you know, you look at Brennan Malone, Eddie Yeen, your boy, um, like there's, and, and the catching prospect in the organization, Andy Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, so that's singular. Yeah. Right. Like there is nobody else. Like I, no disrespect to Arden Paps or Jason delay, but they're not. To yeah. You might have to see Arden Paps sit out tuna for the fourth straight year. <laughs> yeah. Right. And listen, good minor league catchers are hard to find no matter what, but, but good minor league catching prospects are few and far between. So I'm very excited to, to see what Rodriguez can do. I'm very excited to see what Yeen and Malone are able to do. And then also Hudson head and see those improvements that he's made to his swing and to see how he um, has gotten accustomed to the pirates organization. Yeah, the swing for head is the most important thing because this guy has speed and he's got raw power. Like, said my live cues. 30-30 is a real possibility for this guy if he develops properly. And you look at those first steps he took with the Padres. It's like, okay, can you continue to make them with the Pirates? That's going to be imperative. I, I don't know who offhand. I'm going to look it up as, as you talk here who the hitting coach is in Bradenton, but that guy is Johnny Tucker is his name. Johnny Tucker. You knew offhand. Good. I'm you. looking at the roster too. Okay. Oh, remember you, we, you, when you, we you, talked you, about the Johnny Tucker staffs, has a they, big task in, in this year. That was one of the things when we talked about the coaching staff, how many Johns there were Jays in the organization. I remember that now. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Listen, the guy that's had 17 concussions is starting to remember things before Alex. You can tell we're in the middle of our seasons. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. All the hair's gunking up the, the works for me. But, no, you hit the nail on the head right there with, with uh, what, what they need out of Hudson Head, and that was 100% uh, pun intended. The swing is the biggest thing. Oh. Getting him to, to improve that, because he, he, you're right, he does have the potential to be a 30-30 guy. And that is huge. That's something, you know, you look at what could potentially be this roster in 2023, 2024. It's very possible that he could see himself right there in the thick of it, trying to bust on the door to get in that outfield somewhere. Um, Hopefully O'Neill Cruz is somewhere in there as well, but there's a lot of potential there and there's a lot of potential here in the Bradenton lineup. I am sick of looking at Jared after he made that hit the nail on the head pun and I it took me that long to put it together. So I'm mad at myself more than anything. So I need a breather to take another break. We got one more segment coming up.
Welcome back to the third and final segment. Uh, as Alex is still reeling from his not being able to pick up my puns, we've been podcasting for years. He still doesn't get my deadpan humor. Um, but right before we came back from our break, as we were listening to our wonderful commercials, um, I mistakenly made him laugh. We're talking about um, coming to games and getting to games together in Altoona uh, to see these prospects that we've been talking about for the last couple months play in action. Um, but Alex, what are you looking forward to most other than to get getting curve burgers with your favorite co-host and, and recording in person? I'm looking forward to that. Yes. You know, in, I, in the I wilderness think, of the ballpark. I think, I think that's going to happen for next week. Even if it's just for one segment, like I'm, I'm going to shoot out to Altuna, of course, for something next week. Speaking of that, we talked about this last week. Um, I, I did win my auction for the Canapolis Intimidators vest. Um, so I will hundred percent be rocking that. It might just be a video podcast. Um, so we can play, we'll figure that out. Maybe next week we do the pirates podcast. Um, this pirates podcast on, on prospects on everything, but I'll be wearing a, I'll be wearing a game worn Courtney Hawkins, Canapolis intimidators vest. but sorry, I interrupted you, Alex. I was, that was rude of me. You may continue. So what am I most excited about just minor league season in general? I am looking forward to getting to know these players. And I mean that in I've had conversations with most of the guys in the top 10 in, in the organization over the past couple months, this offseason, early parts of this year. I've talked to Baguero, I've talked to Gonzalez, I've talked to Priester, I've talked to Hayes. I, I like a lot of these guys I've gotten to know, but I haven't gotten to know them as players as much. I haven't gotten to see them in person. I haven't gotten to have a conversation with some guys who maybe aren't on the top of those, you know, prospect lists, but have a real shot, you know, being able to, whether it was a call, a Zoom, whatever, getting to be like, okay, what's going on with you? One of the reasons why I'm high on Max Kranich and why a lot of people aren't as high is because I know the story. I know how he has evolved, how he's gone through, and why this year is going to be a breakout year for him. I want to find more people like that to talk to in this organization. No, you're right. Because listen, prospect analysis is great. I mean, stats are the stats, but at the end of the day, what you do at triple A, double A and, and single A really doesn't matter. And when you get to the majors, it's what you, what can you do for me now? So to get the, to know these prospects on a more personal level, their stories, like my, my probably my first feature is going to be on Nick Gonzalez. Um, and it's going to be something that nobody has really talk, been able to talk about because it's something that nobody really knows. It's drawing that personal connection with these, with these mm-hmm. players and really building that and telling you their stories, not just on the field. Like, yeah, it's great that, you know, Nick Gonzalez is considered uh, a, a very good pure hitter. He's a five-tool guy. But there are so many things that are more important to a player in their makeup than being a five-tool guy. Um, so getting to tell those stories, but getting to see it and getting to build those relationships, I think, is something I'm, in, I'm looking forward to. But also, I'm excited for these small communities that have been impacted drastically by um, what's been going on because it, it's a sense of normalcy. I'm vaccinated. I know you're you're getting your your second shot here. Uh, I believe so pretty soon. And if mm-hmm. not, um, then I was wrong. But I do. I'm up on my Alex Stump. You know what you're well, doing you're, when you're doing. You're it. right on that one. You're right on that. One. <laughs> it was the first time for yeah. everything. Um, but I'm excited to get fans back in the ballpark. I know that after talking with Derek Martin. Um, last week in an interview, they've got some different things going on at the curve. Um, obviously, 
there's COVID protocols. We won't be able to get into the locker rooms, much like you're, you're not able to um, in the majors. But it's, it's one step closer to being back to normal and, and getting back into those clubhouses and getting back into positions where you can have those, those interviews that we, that we want and those stories to tell because that's what we're here for. We're not – listen, hitting a baseball is great. Hitting, pitching a baseball is awesome. But we're here to tell those stories, and, what, and that's what makes prospects great. That's what makes t- like telling their stories so much fun. Like Jackson Williams, a couple of years ago when I did a story on him, um, he was a journeyman catcher. You know, you look at guys like O'Neill Cruz, what it's like to be a guy like that, a highly touted guy. Cole Tucker, what makes Cole Tucker Cole Tucker? Um, outside of the, the flowing hair and the boys' good looks. But those, that's what I'm excited for is telling those stories and getting you to getting to know them a little bit better and telling you what you can expect from them and why we are so high on, on certain guys. And just to build off that, I'm sure this is apparent in my writing and just my presentation of like podcasts or whatever. One of the things that I absolutely love is the process and what goes through a player's head, what mechanical changes are they making? What changes in approach? How do they grow? as people, as players, as athletes, you get the best of that in the minor leagues, I think. And that's, I, I'm looking forward to that this season. Right. And the first Kerr burger uh, of the season is on you. Yes, it is. I think I lost a bet or something along the way. I listen, I'm, I know you're forever indebted to me. So on that note, I think it's probably best that we wrap this up next week. We will come to you live from PNG field at some point or another. Um, I'll be in, maybe I won't wear sleeves that day. I don't know, but we will figure something out. And until then, this has been the uh, young bucks, your Pittsburgh pirates podcast of choice on DK sports radio for Alex. Sump. This has been Jared Prugar. We will talk to you soon and we will hopefully see you at the ballpark.